Welcome to Girl Gang the Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Will, and the founder of GirlGangTheLabel.com. Hi, my name is Kiana Inverapur. I'm the GM of Bebo Therapies and uh, VP Marketing Bebo. And you're listening to Girl Gang the Podcast. Where are you from? I'm um, actually born and raised in LA. Okay. Oh my gosh, you don't get that very often. I know. <laughs> um, I mean, I ended up moving a lot after I was in high school, but mm-hmm. and couldn't wait to leave. I moved to London for many years, and but then finally came home. I mean, I came back to LA, and that's where I set my route. What brought you to London then? So originally, my former life, I always wanted to be a designer. Um, I went to art school. I went to Otis here in LA, actually. Born and raised in LA. Um, but really wanted to work in the luxury space, and my favorite designers were in Europe. So dream was to work for McQueen and Roland Murray, and I wanted to make that happen. So after I graduated, the year before I graduated, I have a lot of family in Europe, and I went to London and Paris and just, you know, obviously fell in love um, with uh, the city and just kind of the excitement and life that it had. And you could really, just like fashion was everywhere. It wasn't just... You know, you had to go to school for it. People on the street, whether you were a banker or a, you know, whoever, uh, put an outfit together. So that's when I made my mission when I graduated. Didn't have a job, didn't have anything, literally packed a suitcase. My my mom and dad are amazing like that um, and didn't look back. So I moved to London in 2003 and didn't come back till 2008. Um, I came home obviously once a year, but I ended up getting really uh, connected and worked in all aspects of fashion, Um, uh, worked for Roland Murray, McQueen, um, yeah, and then ended up working in intimates, um, luxury, always in luxury, um, in PR and, you know, in in event production. I mean, I sort of just did it all, um, which was great because when it was time to come back home, um, I got poached to help uh, a celebrity... um, you know, ghost design and set up her collection um, of intimates. That's where I really kind of spent my last years in London was for a luxury um, intimates company that was kind of like an agent provocateur, really cool, edgy. This is at that time. I mean, I'm aging myself, but it was like (laughs) the thing. Um, And I moved back to LA and started helping them build their business um, because of the Rolodex I had really in the luxury space and retailers. And, um, you know, I was on a plane to Guatemala developing um, that, that, you know, 10 minutes after I got into the job, um, and, you know, helping them get into Bergdorf's and Bendel's and, um, in magazines. And so, but that was just, you know, that whole span of my career, I did have a very devil wears Prada life, a life. Um, I'm literally did not stop, didn't sleep. I mean, and then, you know, nonstop, um, working for some really interesting people in my past. Um, so the final straw, um, hit around 2009 where I couldn't anymore work for in that kind of toxic environment and decided to start my own collection and line. So that's when I basically developed a, a, a shapewear line. Randomly, I, I had a dress collection, um, but I talked to a lot of my advisors and mentors and they said, nobody's really doing something like this. It was very sexy, like when Spanx was on the market. Um, but I had created this Alaya Hervé Léger back in the day when those were cool dresses to wear. (laughs) Um, uh, Shapewear piece, and the whole thing was, you know, it accentuated the positive. It wasn't really just sucking you in. It was highlighting your chest and making your your derriere look good. And there was a whole body positive message to it. And so I literally went to, I called Neiman Marcus every day because I knew that's where 
I wanted to, uh, you know, have the line be. Um, they they answered the phone one time and said, we were, we're really busy. Yeah, we, we just don't have that time on the calendar. I said, give me 15 minutes. Um, Barney's is interested too, which was not true. Um, and I said, but you need to see it before because I have this history with Neiman Marcus. And it, truly I did. One of my, my designs in my um, younger, uh, my, my senior collection were in the windows of the Beverly Hills store. I was like, I got awarded that, my evening wear collection. So I said, you know, I had this side of the story to tell. And they're like, okay, fine, give me 15, I'll give you 15 minutes. So literally I was coming back from Asia on a consulting job I was doing. My, my uh, boyfriend at the time, I'm coming home and he proposed. I had my, I was leaving to Neiman's the next day. I had three samples and just a PDF, like a whole built out collection, quote in quotes and air quotes that Barney's wanted. Right. So, um, I flew there with my engagement ring and just, you know, no sleep. And I, I literally disrobed for the whole buying team. And I said, this is what it does to your body. Um, look at my, you know, chest and it gives you, and we really had this built in bra in it that made you have incredible cleavage. Um, and my whole story was if, they're looking at your tits. They're not looking at your, your body. You know what I mean? Like just accentuate the positive. Let's, let's show off the girls. And so they literally took the collection right there. And I also did right afterwards go see Barney's and they wanted it an exclusive too, but I gave it to Neiman's. Um, and we launched in 15 doors. I had no production, no money, no way to do anything. And I literally had to get a small female business loan and go on stage and collect a big check. Like I was on the prices, right? I still have this styrofoam check and you know, I don't even, it was that whole year was a blur. We were, we had interns in our house, like picking and packing. I'm flying all over the country, training women on how to, you know, wear this, this, this piece. Um, we were just shipping and Packing and shipping. I mean, we built a pretty, pretty big business right after that. We got into, you know, Selfridges and all the UK accounts at Net-A-Porter. And um, so I ran that business for eight years as if, you know, sort of the founder. And in the midst of that, um, you know, we had, you know, tons of press and accolades and such. But, you know, it was a slog. I went from being a designer to an operator. I wouldn't even know how to design if I tried right now because it completely flipped. I was running a business. Um, and it was very, you know, um, it, it was just at some point it became very transactional. It was like, how much can we make? How much are we getting? What's the bottom line? And I was getting really exhausted by that. Um, the fun parts were engaging with customers. I would go to all these stores and even markets and make women that didn't feel good about themselves all of a sudden put on a shapewear and, um, feel like a million bucks. And I always joke that I had the best job, like a man would, or man or woman would dream of having. I was touched more boobs than we had this thing called the swoop and scoop. I was like, look, this is how you get your cleavage. And, um, so I had the best job in the world for a lot of people. And so at, from that, it was really pivotal for me. And I was very focused on sort of, you know, women's empowerment and female body. And I grew up, you know, struggling with, with body image and wanted to help women, um, and really realized that women didn't really know how to b b dress for their body type in a lot of ways. That, yeah, what was fashionable was one thing, but what's going to make you look your very best and confident? So at that point, I created this sort of algorithm with one of the founders of Zappos um, and started a tech company called Shop by Shape, or sorry, rather Fovo, and it was a Shop by Shape um, platform. It's kind of ahead of its time. Would help. Would basically aggregated all 
products and pulled in from different websites and created this dashboard that was like a Pinterest and helped you shop for your body type. That's amazing. Yeah. Wait, I want to use that now. I think like the power in the silhouette, like just like you're saying, that's where I finally, like the last couple years I had that moment where I would want to dress at people I looked up to on like Instagram and love their style and I would never feel confident. And then finally it was like, I need to find my silhouette and just thrive in it. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, yesterday it was so funny. My sister and I were in the desert. Um, We're nine years apart. And she just kept picking things. And that's one of the things I do that's my talent because as a designer was no, 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 try this. And it was actually the different size. She tried on a medium and she felt it was tight and she's tiny, uh, but it was just the wrong shape for her. And then I threw something in her fitting room, which was an extra small, but it was a completely different silhouette and shape. The medium was too tight for her. So she was ready to go up to a large, tried the extra small for something completely different. She's like, oh my God can you revitalize Fovo? (laughs) So sadly, Fovo did not make it. You know, we couldn't raise any more money. We raised a couple rounds, but it sort of was ahead of its time. And again, even with Demondane, my clothing company, I probably didn't even mention the shapewear business, but I was, it was a horrible time. And it was 2009, right after the market, you know, really plummeted. Nobody's investing in clothing. I mean, you know, what, what are you thinking? You know, it was in, it's a tech, tech boom. So I was trying to pivot to create, create more relevance to what I knew women wanted. But again, it was just getting in front of, you know, male VCs a lot of times that really didn't understand the power of that aha moment where someone, woman feels better about their body mm-hmm. um, when they try something on that is, regardless of size, fits their body. So anyway, all great, amazing experiences. I learned so much about running a business and... That's where, you know, I had my second child, was raising money. I mean, I mean doing Skype calls from, like, up here because I felt um, it was it was not the best thing in the world to have <laughs> be completely pregnant and, and raising money on starting a new business. But um, those are horrible things to say because right now the, the, the landscape has really changed for women. Mm-hmm. But um, at any rate, I decided I wanted to change and I wanted something new and interesting and was sort of turning into that jaded fashion woman when that was like, well, that'll never work and this will never work. And well, that nobody's shopping anymore. And that's never who I was. I was always excited about building things. So I ended up um, getting really excited about the cannabis space and kind of doing a lot of research. My husband was doing some M&A work in there in, in the space and became obsessed. Um, and having always worked in luxury uh, so a friend of a friend um, kept putting me in touch with Clement, one of the founders of Bebo, as friends. And I saw the product. I was like, okay, if I'm going to work for anything, it's going to be this. You know, it's luxury. It's beautiful. I'm the customer. Um, I understand this customer. And really, the the last nine years of my life, I was a marketer. I mean, I was a brand builder marketer. It wasn't really – I forget about fashion. I mean, yes, I had the aesthetic in the eye, but it was how do you build a business – and make it relevant, and tell that story, and make it really aspirational, whether it's shapewear, or cannabis, or a cup, Mm. so that's when I joined Bebo. 
Oh my gosh. That, I mean, and it completely makes sense. Just like how you're saying luxury design tapping into everything. Yeah. Um, the New York times very early on, um, quoted you guys as the Hermes of cannabis. And I feel like it just set a tone and a lot of people were inspired by that. And it was really the first thing. Um, that's why I was so excited to interview you and that Nicole started working with you guys because, um, as a, I've been consuming cannabis since I was 14. I really don't like the stoner stigma. And then I think a lot of people that were getting into this space got inspired by this new movement of fashion and cannabis intersecting because it is a lifestyle. So why not create lifestyle brands around cannabis? Absolutely. I mean, I think You hear a lot about supply chains these days, because if the past couple years have taught us anything, it's that an efficient, well-managed supply chain is absolutely critical to keeping businesses successful and consumers happy. I'm Will Haywood, and I host a podcast called All Business, No Boundaries, where we talk about supply chains, how they work, what happens when they don't, and the innovations that are redefining what's possible in the world of logistics. Join me for insightful interviews with thought leaders and industry experts. We discuss how optimizing supply chains can break down the barriers that are holding businesses back. That's All Business, No Boundaries by DHL Supply Chain. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. In my mind, I had a stigma, you know, in my 20s of it's going to make me overeat. It's going to make me lazy. It's going to make me this. Oh, I'll do it after a late night. Maybe just like chill out a little bit. But I have these vivid memories of a bong rip and just being (laughs) the weirdo in the corner in high school and just like can't talk to anybody. Um, And then I really discovered microdosing and cannabis and cannabis through the lens of Bebo and other products I use as well. Um, And realized that as a mom, you know, I'm not waking up hungover. You know, I don't have to drink a whole bottle of wine. Granted, I still like to drink. I'll have Mm -hmm. a glass or two. It's a great, you know, addition to it. Um, But I'm not groggy in the morning. I'm not getting the munchies. I mean, I, you know, when I get into something, I become, you know, really obsessed with the the details of it and just the different strains. I mean, there's strains that help with curbing appetite. I mean, people don't know. Mm -hmm. It's just such a magical plant. I used to have sleep problems and our vape, the indica vape, um, you know, you know, once a founder, always a founder and mind racing, constantly emails, 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 like I have bad habits. I know that where I can't shut down and it really has changed my life in that respect to be able to just have a, a little bit. And, you know, it's not even for the fact of I want to get high in the day. It's just, it's relaxing me, setting the stage for the night to just kind of wind down and then go to sleep eight hours, you know, no interruption. Um, and like I said, I have kids, so that sleep is very, very valuable in my life right now. (laughs) So, um, it's been really, it's been really great. And, and I think, um, and we ended up actually foraying and developing a skincare line as well. That was that I've been spearheading. I'm now the GM of that brand, um, which, you know, I think a lot of people don't even, they're still asked like, is it going to make my face high? You know, it's hemp drive. (laughs) No, it's not going to make your face high. (laughs) This is actually what it does. You don't know. It's anti-acneic. It's anti-redness. It's anti-inflammatory. I mean, it's a beautiful ingredient like a hyaluronic acid or a vitamin E or a rose hip. I mean, it's just people have so much learning to do. Um, So it's it's really exciting to be in this space to be able to help and educate so they know that hemp-derived CBD is not going to make their face high. (laughs) So, So... 
I like what I'm just like getting a visual of what that might look I like. I know. I'm like, like no, it's okay. I'm like picturing a face actually. High. I mean, we get it all. Like yeah. I've got questions, but even in my old life, I mean, it was so funny. Sometimes I would, I mean, when you're a business owner, you end up doing customer service yourself. And I, my pseudo name was like, you know, Ariana or Adrian or whatever. I would make up these customer service names, but we'd get these really interesting emails in shapewear. But we get some really fucking interesting emails in cannabis too. Oh my god! You're like so shocked. Like, wow. (laughs) I think there's a different, definitely a sliding scale of entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. You can be, have the entrepreneurial spirit and be a graphic designer and work within a startup Mm -hmm. and just kind of give it your all and, and, and stay in your lane. And that still can be an incredible career, entrepreneurial career. Mm -hmm. But I think being a founder of a startup, of a business, it's, it's just, it's not glamorous at all. Mm -hmm. I mean, and you kind of just have to be prepared for that. I think I sort of started before the whole Instagram explosion. Um, if I had been more active on, on social, I probably would have had a lot more followers, but, um, I was doing a lot of weird stuff like changing in Starbucks at every city I was at, like putting on my little dress and outfit because I would take a red eye cause I had to save money. And, you know, in every one day I was in, you know, Philly and one day I was in New York and just, um, it's, it's fun to kind of cover that on Instagram and it's like, you know, it's crazy, haha, whatever. But you know, I mean, running on no sleep, packing boxes. I mean, I did not have, uh, you know, finance skill sets, but had to learn. You know, I thankfully my husband is a uh, um, he. We he, he, we ended up getting married. That was a very hard year. We were engaged. Almost we almost killed each other. To be honest with you, he was like, "I am not your fucking intern. Stop talking to me like that." And I'm like, "Just get the fucking box packed." And he has a full time job at the same time. So I think when we were ready to have kids, it was like, oh, we, we've already done this. We had a baby. It was a business. Mm-hmm. Um, it already happened. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's definitely, you know, it, it's not for everyone. Um, but it's really exciting to see something flourish. And I think it's very easy to also get down on yourself later on of like, there's not this happening and this success. And so-and-so has got this and they've got that many followers. And they're, look at them having such a glamorous you know, girl boss career, Mm -hmm. but it's taking a time and like kind of, I personally, I struggle with this is taking a time and be like, wow, I built that. That's crazy. Cause I have this problem with like, what's next? What's going to be better, bigger, better, da, 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 you know, like the next steps, but taking a moment and realizing, oh, that was really amazing. I built something and it, you know, it has a lot of success and you know what? I, I tried, Mm -hmm. you can always try. It's you just have to cannot be afraid of the failure because that's what will kill you. Wait, and that's so funny you brought up to when you were engaged. We started, so um, we had started a company prior. Corey had had a full-time job, though, at the time, and we started our first company really together on accident, like four months before we were actually getting married. We were, like, engaged planning our wedding, and it was four months until we were getting married. Um, and he had this incredible idea of turning photos into a custom coloring book. And I thought it, he created one. I thought it was great. So I built a website um, and then ended up going viral on BuzzFeed and picked up by 500 media outlets. Oh my God, so we were like, okay, I know we're getting married in four months. And like he traveled a lot for work, working in audio. And I was fully running this hair tie business and making all the stuff myself at the time. Um, we were like creating, um, we had a, uh, 
office here and manufacture and like pushing out like 5,000 to 10,000 hair ties we were making a week. And we're like, on paper, this doesn't make any sense. But um, I feel like it's that same type of, I don't really know how to describe it, but the same attitude you were talking about when you like just went to London, like packed your bag and you just go and you do these things. There's this internal fire inside you where the option isn't no and you just kind of figure it out. But in the mist, it is terrifying. And you like, whoever you're doing it with, it's just it's so intense but um yeah even on our wedding day I was like getting put in my wedding dress and answering customer service calls and no matter how much I hated it I wouldn't have had it any other way um also grateful it was just a chapter but um yeah it's crazy I think that um yeah if you have that fire inside you it doesn't matter the pros and cons timing or anything um sometimes things at that moment that's the only time they can really happen so you got to do it or not do it it's completely up to you Totally. That's funny. Yeah, no, we, we worked our whole honeymoon. It was awful. I mean, I mean, like I said, back to you, said, you said it's a chapter. I think God, that chapter's <laughs> over. I mean, we learned a lot from it, but sometimes you're like, do you remember when we, we did that thing? We didn't even plan our honeymoon and we ended up in that weird, like, you know, Carney Island and we're like, we're like, so it's just like, we ended up having to do a, do a do, do over. We were so busy planning the business and sort of the wedding um, that we just didn't even know what to do on our honeymoon. And we just booked this random trip and it was just awful. Um, but we ended up doing a do over. It's just really funny, but yeah, you just head in it and you're getting, you have to get this shit done. So, yeah. and then it doesn't have to be forever. And I think each thing is a learning experience and you don't know where the dots are going to go moving forward. You can only look back and say, Oh my gosh, that's like really crazy how everything kind of tied and where I am the only way it could be is all these puzzle pieces. Um, so I just think it takes a lot of trusting the universe when you want to have an ambitious career path and you can't, I think further along, I'm in a new season where I'm trying to say no to more things to leave room for bigger opportunities. But in the beginning, I just, um, I personally didn't feel like I had that luxury. And so it was just yes to everything, mm -hmm. figure it out later. And that's not, you can't really do that forever if you want to really take care of yourself. Um, but I think um, there's beauty in doing that for whatever span of time you're able to. Um, mine, there was like a five-year span where I just said yes to everything. I was a crazy person, didn't take care of myself. But then on the other side, it's propelled me into a position now where I'm like starting to understand a little more balance, but, um, yeah, it's wild. Um, yeah, not those like four to five hour, um, sleep nights constant. Like you just can't go that long on empty energy. Um, no. but I think there's like a beauty in, um, being real about it and saying that's like what I did like I didn't have this like perfect life where I like went to yoga and I've like got to see my friends all the time it's like I was a slave to my creations for five years and now I'm on the other side and I'm trying to get back into taking care of myself um making sure I leave room for friendships and family but um yeah totally that's where I'm at too and I I, I too was saying yes to so many things um you know, I think you just have to come to a time where you're not going to be your best self, be able to give to other people and your career if you're not taking care of yourself. Mm -hmm. So it's just, I mean, I battled with that last week where I was like, okay, time to reboot. You know, even if I have to get up at five o'clock in the morning, I have to go to the gym because it sets my head straight. Um, and, you know, prioritize. I mean, for me right now is that I work a lot. So my weekends are for the kids and my nights. Um, so that doesn't leave that much time for me. So it's kind of not trying to weigh that, not having that mom guilt with, you know, still having a career. I love to work. Um, but 
anyway, so it's it's that balance that's always a challenge, but it's really good to like even if it's just some one thing that you do for yourself that day. Mm-hmm. That's whether it's like go for a workout or I don't know, like go get a green juice, whatever it is. It's like, ah, okay, I did one thing. <laughs> Wait, that's so <laughs> funny you said that because I felt myself getting on the end. Like I feel like I go through those spurts and towards the end, I'm like, oh my God, I'm about to spiral. I need to do something. Totally. And no joke, yesterday I went to a workout class and this morning I got a green juice and I was like, this is all I needed to just all be I, like, I'm a human need. again. Exactly. I'm a woman and I'm a human and now we'll get crazy again, <laughs> but like 12 hour recharge. Exactly. Exactly. It's the little things. It really is. Yes. To take uh, pride in the little things. Oh my gosh. Yes. We've only had actually on the podcast, a couple working mothers. And so I'd love for you to highlight any part of your journey you're comfortable sharing. Yeah, I'm happy to share. I mean, I think that, you know, there's so many different, you know, ways that you can be a mother. You could be a stay-at-home mother. You could be a working mother. You could. Some people have this incredible way to balance consulting and, you know, part-time. Um, I'm a very all-in person, so it's very hard for me to kind of do that. And I had my business before I had my kids, so that sort of go, 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 always sort of wanting to build and grow was part of my DNA. So when I had kids, when I had my first daughter, actually I, I made my parents come to the LA because they moved to Portland, Oregon to get out of the rat race. I dragged them back. I was like, it's going to be just four weeks. I need to go back to work. It was turned into four years. <laughs> and finally they moved to Palm Springs. They were like, okay, we're done raising your children. We love them so much. Um, but we have to retire. So they're in Palm Springs now. Um, but the, I went back to work after four weeks. I definitely do not recommend that for anybody, I, it, regardless of it's your business or not. You really, your body needs that time to heal and have that bonding moment, have that, you know, because I felt a little like I put that pressure on myself, um, but at the same time, I didn't have any alternative. You know, we had five employees and all these, you know, like, you know, launching a new SKU at Terranetta Porte and all this stuff happening. But I think I put that on myself. I could have taken the time. I think I was just, if I'm not there, the pl- the ship is going to sink, mm-hmm. right? So now after my second, I think, you know, I, there was a moment before I started in cannabis where I was like, okay, um, I had two businesses. It was a great run. I think it's time to go back to just to be a stay at home mom and just really kind of, you know, explore this. It's maybe this is what I need to do. I'll like go back to art classes and this like that. And I think within two weeks, my husband was like, uh, you need to go back to work. <laughs> You're fucking annoying. That's all. <laughs> I just, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. I love to work. I love to create and add value and be a contributor and build, right? Doesn't mean I don't absolutely fucking adore my kids. They're my number one. And and I have two girls too. And I want to set a good example for them as women, as they grow up to go out and pursue their dreams and careers. They can be a mom and a career woman. Um, But I would be lying if I said that I don't struggle with mom guilt. And I know sometimes at three o'clock, I'd love to go pick up early pick pick up my daughter but I can't because I have shit going on I travel a ton um um as because we just launched SinCare and it's really my you know third fourth baby that we've had um and it's and it's gonna be it, we just got into Neiman's and Barney's and I've already been down this path before and I'm like okay I got this but even if you got this I have to be there physically so I think I've had to prioritize my time 
and you know I don't go out with the girls once once or twice a week anymore even mm-hmm. though I want to I do it once a month because I need to see them I need my girl time and I make my kids a priority um, and I have to recharge to be able to like be on my A game and then you know I think I think I do you know there there was times where I felt like oh god I just wish I you know I didn't have to work and I didn't have to work and um, you know, it's not just financial. It's just, I, this is who I am. And the, 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 and the, the, the sooner I got to the point to realize that, you know, lean into your decisions and be proud of your decisions and don't compare yourself to other people. Um, it made it a lot easier because this is who I am. Mm-hmm. I like to work and I like to be a mom, but, um, you know, I have to sort of cut out other things. Mm-hmm which is a lot of socializing, which as I do. So <laughs> now, I mean, in cannabis, I wish I had this job in my 20s without kids. I, you, you can go out three nights, you know, three times a night to like tons of sponsored shit and you can smoke tons of weed and do a lot of stuff. But I'm like politely decline. I'm like, I'll do one or two big things a month that we need to do as a business and prioritize the other stuff. So, cause my, my life's a little different now. Okay. So now I want to dive into Bebo therapies because I am really interested in just like we were talking about before the um this kind of like skin wellness space that cannabis has been migrating into um and I personally haven't got to try it yet I'm definitely about to but I read we have um, some yeah for you I read um Miss Grass's like full review on it and um we went to the event the other night I'm really excited to try it um so yeah I'd love to learn if you can just talk about um what Bebo Therapies is how it kind of birthed and came to be and um yeah people that haven't utilized any sort of cannabis CBD topicals or anything kind of give them a little rundown of what that is yeah absolutely um so for me when I joined Bebo I mean it's an incredible brand and I think Bebo has this ability to transcend just you know vapes and edibles it's even the namesake of the brand which is Scott's grandmother grandma Bebo it's such a powerful story, um, and you know I can quickly tell you about that. You know, effectively. yes, I'd love, I love yeah, for you to share that. Yeah, do you know that, that story? So. Yes. And so used to having everything in front of them right away that we forget that innovation just takes time. I, I myself, I get frustrated too. Why? And you know, this is being one of my best friends. Is hey, I talk to you all the time. Hey, man, I'm frustrated in the fact that I can't seem to just get there in mm-hmm. the next day. But that's just not how these things work, right? Innovation needs to be planned out. It needs to be very methodical. And then when it finally hits, that's when it seems like to everyone else that it, it sort of just came out of nowhere. But to you, you know the amount of dedication that it took over that time. Um. He was growing up in Texas, um, and his mother had terminal cancer, um, and his grandmother was would make two brownies, some for the kids and for some for mom. Um, so, and and he tells it so so much better. But you know, imagining his like grandmother going out and finding weed in Texas um, is just just picture that is amazing. You could probably get your hand chopped off back then for that, but. You know, she made special brownies for his mom, and he was able to see this horrible situation um, made better because of, you know, the laughs and they would have and her pain. And, you know, I think, you know, she ended up passing, but I think his homage to his mom and, of course, his grandmother for um, being able to do that for her is, is, is why he named Bebo, Bebo, Grandma Bebo. 
So that's that's the really kind of emotional connection behind the story. And when I heard that first, it was just I was hook, line, and sinker. But I think that also that story and the the Bebo brand transcends you know just vapes and and, and edibles. So when I you know, when I joined a couple of years ago, obviously I was working very heavily on the Bebo brand, but I saw this opportunity for us to go into a national market where it wasn't just California and we're relying on our distribution partners and and such that we could take this name and this story and this destigmatization, sorry, I'm like fumbling through that, um, throughout the country, um, especially as we grow the brand and go into new states. So we first launched our CBD vape um, in partnership. Uh, We did a a partnership with Dirty Lemon on a beverage. They came to us for sourcing the CBD, and we very much brand aligned on their their cool, their luxury, their uh, wellness. And then you know they thought they thought of us at the same in the way. So we did this beverage, did very very well, um, and we piloted these CBD vapes with them. And we had such incredible feedback. In fact, it's probably one of the number one vapes on MissGrass.com and our site too. And right around that time, I got very obsessed with sort of how we do this in skincare. Um, I'm a beauty junkie. I've always worked in luxury, whether it's you know fashion, beauty, lifestyle. I consulted for beauty brands before, um, and I always wanted to create something that was not just a CBD brand, but would sit on a shelf next to something as luxurious as a Vintner's Daughter or a La Mer or a what have you, and be put in the same bucket. It's just an incredible skincare. The CBD happens to be an ingredient that makes it even more powerful. Um, but at its, you know, at its core, Bebo Therapies is a luxury plant-based skincare line. We came out with a face story to start, which was um, five masks, um, CBD masks, sheet masks, and a serum that's incredible. I mean, my skin is completely changed from it. I mean, I luckily have, you know, have had good skin my whole life, but uh, hormonally things changed when I had kids. Um, and you know, this product has really just leveled out my hormones, um, from my skin, from any acneic stuff that's happening. Um, actually funnily enough, people don't know this. One of the oil products that we created oil actually helps oil production get reduced, um, which is a huge misconception. So we went into, you know, major R and D mode and created this incredible line. Um, we have incredible advisors as well. We're not just, you know, putting CBD into something that we think will work. We, one of our advisors is Ian Ginsberg that founded, um, Bigelow, CNO Bigelow, which is a huge beauty brand. He's been kind of a mentor to me and, and us about this. Um, so yeah, so I think for us, it was really creating this beautiful product, um, topical skincare. Um, you know, as I mentioned before, CBD is anti-acneic, it's anti-redness, anti-fungal at its roots. Um, and it helps with just calming the skin and bringing you back to a state of homeostasis. Um, people don't know, but our own bodies have endocannabinoid systems and we're actually receptors of it. So just like we discovered after eating tons of yogurt that it made our stomachs feel better, it's good bacteria. We already had it. Um, it's the same sort of thing, right? I compare it to that for people to understand. It's like a you know, um, probiotic, if you will. Um, so that's kind of how CBD reacts to your body, whether you ingest it or put it on your skin, you know, in layman's term, if you went out last night and you know, your our whole thing is we want some women to have a great time still, still go out, have a good time, let your hair down. That's the fundamental. We're not too, too wellness. You can have a, a good time, but at the same time, here are some tools to make you look your very best the next day. 
um, from a skincare standpoint and other products that we create that are you know, more of the ingestibles of Bebo. But the skincare, I'm just so passionate about. It's just a beautiful line. Um, we're in Neiman Marcus and Barney's and on our own site on BeboTherapies.com. And we've got some really big partnerships in the works for other other uh, retailers we're working on. So um, it, it allowed me to get back into my old world in a, in a lot of ways. It's CBD, it's cannabis adjacent, if you will. Mm-hmm. So I can work in the mainstream and really help get the word out about cannabis in kind of the, the mainstream market um, as we grow the brand into other states. That's so exciting. Um, yeah, and it's so beautifully designed too, I have to say. Scott, and, um, it's like he's just such a, an incredible artist. Um, just everything he puts on the brand. I mean, he's an incredible tattoo artist. I don't know how mm-hmm. much you know about Scott Campbell, but um, I think our whole thing was what's inside the bottle is magic. The ingredients are incredible. It just so much. It's anti-aging, everything. But uh, the outside should look the part as well. So mm-hmm. it should be this moment. Mm-hmm. Very rich, very much a ritual when you put it on and yeah. you open the box. Um, I'd love for you to touch on that too. I, I know everything just from like diving into the research about you guys, but I just think the story, um, the Bebo, the name, and then also the tattoo artist behind it. I mean, he's like a very, very, very successful tattoo artist. And so the designs on there, I mean, I just, I feel like everything in the brand was so, um, created at such a nuclear level. Um, so if you want to like briefly touch on his journey for people that don't know who Scott Campbell is, um, and then his wife is Lake Bell, Bell, who's she's, I've seen her now on like in like magazines and stuff talking about cannabis as well. I'm not sure. I, I just, I think it's nice to have respected public figures, whatever way they dabble in it. Um, just learning about their stories is incredible. But yeah, if you just want to like briefly talk about, um, him for people that don't know him, because I think it's like so cool that you get to have a vape with like Scott Campbell's designs oh, yeah. on it is like, I just think that in itself, I'm like, yeah, I'll take five. That's no, amazing. exactly. I mean, I think that, um, you know, Scott says this so well, he's like, he would never put his grandmother's name on something that wasn't, you know, put so much thought and attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, he, he and Clement, Clement was one of the, as the other founder, he, um, he was, he grew up in East LA and put himself through Berkeley by growing, you know, pounds of weed. Um, and he ended up having an incredibly glamorous and successful Korean fashion career in fashion too. That's how we were connected is through our old life in the fashion community. Um, he was the president of Net-A-Porte North America and worked at D&G in theory and in Italy. And so he's, it's funny, he, his whole dream was always to become, go back to the plant and, and the, the farming and the whole process and the ritual of it. Him and Scott met on a plane. They would be unlikely friends. I mean, Scott's tattooed from head to toe and Clevin is like this, you know, tall, you know, fabulous Asian, Asian man that is, you know, works in fashion but they sat down and started talking, and Clem, or rather Scott said, here's uh, some really beautiful Christmas plants, and it's, of course it's a pot plant, and Scott has this love of the plant, of course, because of Grandma Bebo, and Clement's like, well, look at look at the plants I used to grow, and he's like, holy shit, this guy like <laughs> actually had an operation, and, and they became fast friends, and really decided to create something that we could appreciate, um, especially that new cannabis customer that was coming in, something that was a high quality product that's socially dosed that you can count on every single time. So, you know, a lot of times you have an edible or you have this or that, and it's not, um, it's not, uh, the same experience every time with Bebo. We really wanted to create some, they, they created something that was socially dosed, something that you could rely on the high. You could 
have dinner party culture. You could have it with a tequila. It's not going to inhibit you from doing that. It's very consistent, smooth, high quality um, cannabis, with which a lot with a lot of CBD in it too, which people don't know, but it equal, sort of equalizes things. Um, so that's really how Bebo got started. I mean, they have an incredible network, and we're able to get it into the hands of the right people. And you know that rose gold vape. Um, was sort of penetrating into the California market. And we're now in over 120 dispensaries. Um, and we just actually got acquired about uh, six months ago from a company called GTI, Green Thumb Industries. Oh, wow. Congrats. Which, yeah, thank That's you. That's amazing. So they have licenses all over the country, um, 11, and are going to help us get into new states. Um, so we're excited to be able to take Bebo into new states and really evangelize the brand nationally. Um, and then I'm sort of now focused on just spearheading Bebo therapies mm-hmm. um, and making that a success. It's been great because Scott um, and Lake are very vocal about, you know, being parents and, um, you know, members of the community and, you know, and how cannabis has helped them and how they consume. And I think Scott has really just done an incredible job of putting such a brand DNA into Bebo with his tattoo and uh, I mean he's an artist really at, at, his, at his core um, he's done tons of shows and he's he does really cool experiential things um, but really to, to make sure that every product that we release um, has beautiful packaging and is, is, is beautiful inside and out the quality and, and also what's outside you can find Bebo at licensed dispensaries across the state of California um, visit our site Bebo.com to find out where on our geolocator and Bebo therapies can be found at Neiman Marcus Barney's and our site BeboTherapies.com. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you.